At the T-minus three-minute mark, tape recorders on board the spacecraft were turned on. These recorders record both voice and data. You're listening to Rocket Shop, Vermont's local music radio hour, every Wednesday from 8 to 9 p.m. on 105.9 FM The Radiator, WOMMLP Burlington, where local musicians come to chat with us and share their music on the radio. We're your hosts, Molly Allen and Cadence Gently. Tonight, we will have an extra special guest, Shauna Potter. Hello. Hi. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks for um, so, for those of you who may not know, Shauna Potter is a musician, an activist, and a writer, um, which are most likely only a few of the things attached to that name. <laughs> I also cross stitch. Wow. <laughs> I'll put that. I'll put that down. <laughs> she yeah. has recently written the book "Making Spaces Safer" about preventing and confronting gender and LGBTQ-related issues and harassment in public places. And last night, she held a public workshop at the Fletcher Free Library. But now, we get the lovely opportunity to speak and ask our questions away. Yes. Yeah, actually, before you do, I, I want to say, one, thank you again for having me. And um, But two, that the book is definitely not focused just on uh, gender or gender identity-based yeah. harassment. It's actually for anyone that wants to stop any identity-based harassment. So... Whatever's going on, if people are being made to feel uncomfortable just because of who they are, then this book is here to help uh, allies and bystanders uh, intervene, and as well as the people on the receiving end, tell you what to do when it happens in the moment, and tell venues and spaces, you know, workers what to do mm -hmm. if it happens on their watch. For sure. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great guide for those people who feel like they need someone to boost them up, and now you're here to kind of so. lead them. So, um. <laughs> You know, we're going to ask you a couple questions. So um, what was it like to write a book about your experience with the music industry and really reflect on your time? Um, hard. <laughs> it's hard to write a book. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I'm I'm I think it's funny because it's you really do get used to writing a few paragraphs for a song and then you go, well, I'm done. <laughs> it all rhymes. So I'm good. Um, so to just sit down at a computer and actually type out a book's worth of words, um, it was, was something that I don't plan on doing again, <laughs> uh, but you never know. Um, but you know, the experiences that, that I've had, my friends have had with dealing with harassment, it, of course I get it um, when I tour the country and, you know, I'm in all these different mm -hmm. spaces and clubs and bars. Um, but I, it's not like that's the only place where I experience sexism. You know, right. I experience it at my job where I'm in charge and the customer's yeah. coming to me <laughs> to fix their amp and yet is treating me like a second class citizen. Um, I experience it walking down the street. I experience it when I go to my local coffee shop and want to order coffee. Um, so it's happening everywhere. I, I just happen to have a lot of experience in one, one of those spaces, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, I just, it wasn't, basically my, my point is it wasn't hard <laughs> to, right. to think <laughs> of personal incidents of yeah. harassment. <laughs> there For are plenty. listeners who don't know, Shauna is a, um, musician in the band War on Women, 
which is a punk band, a yeah, pretty hard the front hardcore, <laughs> hardcore punk. Yes, mm-hmm. the front person. Yeah, yeah. the yeller. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so. awesome. How long did it actually take you from like the start of the process to it being? available to read to finish the book? Well, I, I started writing kind of a, a really short version, which ended up being published as like a zine or pamphlet. I call it a guidebook. Um, just uh, AK Press put it out mm-hmm. on their zine imprint. Um, and so that, you know, that took a few months. And I, I, because that was definitely my first time writing something even close to a book or, or even a zine, mm-hmm. um, that was a learning process and it probably took me longer than someone else that had done that before. But, um, but basically that that took a few months and once it was done and published, they said, AK press said, okay, cool. So now let's work on the full length version. And I was like, Oh, right. I signed a contract and I have to do that. Okay. Let's come up with three more chapters. Um, so it took less than a year. Um, but it was one of those things where you realize why there are so many, <laughs> like so many great writers through history mm-hmm. were able to become those great writers because they had time. Yeah. A lot of them had time or money and could just sit around and write and think and have salons or whatever. <laughs> and I was stealing a, an hour or two every night um, after working all day, like being exhausted, as well as planning uh, war on women things mm-hmm. and still doing that, like every every hobby, because <laughs> really, you know, war on women doesn't pay my rent. So it's like a glorified hobby, right? Um, <laughs> like doing all these hobbies, going to work every day and then sitting down at the computer and I just made myself do it. And I had to do it for at least two hours every night. And then I could unwind and watch tv and go to bed Mm -hmm. um but it felt like a long time because there were no there were no long days in a row where I could just wake up have coffee and sit down to write and so I think it's a real privilege to be able to take time off and do something like that Mm -hmm. and as a writer I know that sometimes like um it doesn't just come to you at once if you try to sit down (laughs) at a certain time and do it it, you have creative spurts that spurts that like come to you and you want to <laughs> you'll you want to write it right then but yeah. if you're doing something else and can't focus all your energy on it I'm sure that yeah and I just cool. we, uh, we were talking before the show started um I just finished um a workshop about yeah. writing political lyrics and what my process is for that and war on women and how can I help other people um work on their own lyrics. And so it's a workshop I'm going to be doing at a college back in Maryland next week. But one of the things in in the workshop is just talking about how it's going to be bad at first yeah. and you have to keep going. And that writer's block really just means that you have to take a walk. Yeah. Or you yeah. have to, you know what, go back to editing. Edit this other old chapter mm-hmm. that you already wrote or do some research. Mm-hmm. You know you need to find that statistic, mm-hmm. so go do the research and find it. Get your links, whatever. So every time that I was just stuck, yeah. which it felt like that happened a lot, I would move on and do something else. Mm-hmm. And then when I came back to it, it was easier to do. So I, I recommend that for any yeah. creative process. I think it applies. Yeah, that's a great so. idea because especially like if you – 
have a fresh idea, you know, when you come back to it, you can be less like repetitive and you can better get your message out there. Yeah, so. hope so. So for you, um, you know, you've grown up in the 20th century <laughs> and, and um, how has harassment and how people, you know, respond to harassment changed and since the early 2000s for you? Like how... Yeah, I mean, yeah, right, because I started, so I started the Baltimore chapter of Hollaback in mm -hmm. 2011, and that seems like forever ago in, in <laughs> the way that our culture has changed. Um, so th at that point, like, I had close friends that wondered why I was starting a blog about street harassment. Mm -hmm. Why Why would you need a whole blog for that? What is the big deal? There's no way it happens that often. And when it does, are you sure it's not just a compliment and you just oh don't want to hear it? <laughs> and these were like good guys, right? Yeah. These are my friends that I thought were good guys. And it just showed like people didn't get it. Mm -hmm. If you weren't experiencing it yourself, you had no frame of reference. And no one, you know, none of my female friends, you know, we weren't talking about it to our male friends because we knew they didn't get it. Mm -hmm. And so um, it didn't, like, neither party was helping the other person <laughs> to understand. And now I think with the onslaught of stories that have been shared, um, and especially with the Me Too movement blowing up, like, yeah. people are finally realizing that these stories are real, these experiences are real, they are harmful, and they don't have to happen. So it's 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 such a good change I, th I think we finally have acceptance that identity-based harassment is a thing and it's bad yeah and now we're in the phase of okay what do we do about it tell me what to do and how do you respond to people who are like we don't need to hear another story about this like how do you respond to people who you know have pushback I don't know if anyone's actually said that to me. Really? Luckily, <laughs> I don't need to yeah. hear another story about this. That to me, that just sounds like so you've heard plenty. Yeah, and no. you don't care. Okay, but with what you were <laughs> saying with your your friends, your um, yeah, when when they were saying that to you, like how did how did you respond? Like you were writing this blog. And well, I started telling them about my personal experiences, mm -hmm. and that's certain. That's actually a tactic when it comes to like winning someone over to your side when you're talking about a social justice issue is to make it personal. So you right. talk about how it affects you. And if they're really, you know, your friend or they're your family member and they care about you, when you tell them like what people have said to you, yelled at you, touched you, um, you know, strangers on the street, what they've done to you, um, mm -hmm. it, it's hard for them to cope with it. To, to, yeah. To like, they finally start to get, Oh, this is a big deal. Like, yeah. I can't believe that happened to you. Um, and that's really what one of my friends said. He said, I didn't get it. I did not understand it. And then I actually started reading the stories that people submitted to the Hollaback site. And now I get it. Yeah. What about for the people who don't have those experiences or know people that have had those experiences and are still like kind of um, downplaying the severity of the issue? How do you respond? Well, I say one, if you have not experienced harassment, congratulations. Right. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I want that for everyone. That's all, yeah. right? Mm. Um, so, you know, just because something doesn't happen to you or you're not affected by it doesn't mean it's not real. Mm -hmm. um, and so the thing is, I think I would say to, you know, open your open your eyes a little bit. Not, <laughs> that sounds like I'm being, like, really <laughs> snarky. I don't mean it like that. I mean, like, 
you might be surprised at what you see when you're walking down the street if you open yourself up to seeing it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, there is probably harassment that happens in front of you. You just didn't recognize it because it wasn't yours to recognize. So it's actually imperative that you listen to these stories and figure out what it is people are going through so you can recognize it. And then once you recognize it, you can't unsee it. Mm-hmm. And then hopefully that person is inspired to actually do something about it and become an, um, a bystander. Mm-hmm. And nowadays with the internet, it's so easy to make light of those situations and joke around about those topics and stuff. So it's definitely good to not always like um, encourage that and let let people kind of just take a step back and um, I don't know, like be able to form their own opinions and not just like if they haven't had the experiences, not, um, I don't know, to go off of that, I guess. Yeah. I just, I just think in general, it's Mm -hmm. a good idea to acknowledge other people exist. Mm -hmm. They have different experiences than you. And I can only learn from that. Mm -hmm. You know, we can, we can all learn, learn from that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's one takeaway that you would like to tell your younger self, you know, when things like this were happening now that you've done all this research and what would you have wanted to tell your younger self about and my generation and um, young women what what would you like to share with them I I I don't know if I would have believed future me (laughs) but I would love to say you're not crazy this is weird yeah it's it's not cool or normal for someone a strange older man to say this stuff to you for someone to touch you as they walk past you in the middle of the day like it's it's not okay and it's not normal and you're not crazy for being pissed off about it Mm -hmm. you know I I just remember having so many feelings uh being angry or frustrated or like embarrassed and and really just scared like Sometimes you just never knew what might happen next. Right. Were they going to yeah. come back? Were they going to do something else to me? And Are they going to follow me? Yeah, yeah. which mm-hmm. I've been followed. Yeah, all of that stuff. Um, so I just, I wish I could just say, like, it's okay that you feel this way. And eventually you will find people that understand, have been through it too, and believe you. That's good advice. Um. So I mean, for anyone listening now, let me just say, like, you are not alone, and mm-hmm. it is not okay. Check yeah. out holoback.org, iHollaback.org. It's a great resource. Read and her not, book. Read my book. Yeah, Making yes. Space Safer. Read my book. It's for everyone. It's for the person that experiences harassment, the person that sees it happening, the person working at the space where it happens, and it's for the people that even are afraid to, to harass people um, that they find attractive, like they don't want to be yeah. weird if they're flirting i have advice in there for you too <laughs> and for listeners um last night i learned something at her workshop about the fletcher at the fletcher free library you, i read it in your book but i think it was more seeing you in person describing it um one of your five d's the d's of how to what to do uh, bystander intervention yes yeah. um <laughs> and one of it was distract i think and it was yeah. the, the one where with the you know 
make it make it your own that kind of thing and you know take charge and I think as a young woman a lot of women feel so uncomfortable in that situation Mm -hmm. and it is uncomfortable so make it your own say that was weird why why did you do that (laughs) yeah Yeah. I would say that's being direct direct yeah yeah to say uh why did you you just say that to me yeah yeah (laughs) absolutely yeah Yeah, you're I, I think some of the one of the better pieces of advice that I've ever heard, and so I repeat it as often as I can, is it's okay to make someone feel uncomfortable by telling them that they made you uncomfortable. Okay. You just saying, that made me uncomfortable, is not anywhere near as bad as the thing they did or said that made you uncomfortable in the first place. Yeah. It is not the same. It's not equivalent. So it's okay to let someone know. Yeah. For sure. Um, And even for, like, girls or people in general that haven't really found their voice with that and, like, don't Mm -hmm. feel confident speaking up to an offender or something like that, what's your advice for for those people that don't know what to say? Yeah, and that's totally understandable, Mm -hmm. right? And maybe you'll get there eventually, maybe not. Like, we all have different personalities. We don't all have to yell, that's harassment, and, like, you know, like, shake your fist (laughs) in the air. Like, there's a style for everybody. Um, And so I would say, one, it's okay if that changes over time. Mm -hmm. We all grow and change. Um, But two, if that's what you're feeling right now and you do not want to say something like that directly to someone, um, you can definitely... Uh, delegate, just get someone else Mm -hmm. to to Mm -hmm. say something, you know, um, if there's an authority figure or security guard or the bus driver or whatever, you can say, hey, someone's bothering me. Can you do something about it? Or even just, hey, I don't know this person, but they've been following me for two blocks. Mm -hmm. Like, can you just physically get between us? Um, Usually when we call on strangers for help Mm -hmm. for these like altruistic um, reasons, um, people like to feel needed and like to feel like they're doing something good. Mm -hmm. And so they'll answer the call. Um, So either delegate or just know that you are allowed to just walk away Mm -hmm. and pretend to ignore someone, that that's not a weakness. It's not a sign of weakness. It doesn't mean that you gave up and didn't know, um, you know, that you weren't standing up for yourself. It means you just got out of a situation safely the best way right. you could. So purely you're absolutely allowed to ignore someone. Right, purely self-defense without yeah. making the situation worse. Yeah, right. absolutely. Right. And how do you use, like, these tactics when it comes to online situations? Mm, yeah, so there's a few um, bits of advice that I really like from this organization called Heart Mob. And it, they deal solely with uh, online harassment, mm-hmm. and it is connected to Hollowback. Um, So people can look that up for sure. But what I really like is the tactic of saying, um, hey, everyone, my feed is getting flooded by trolls. Can you all just post cat memes for a while? (laughs) You know, so you ask your your friendly people, your followers, uh, your friends to to drown out the hate with love. And so you're not only seeing all the bad stuff in your feed. Um, I also think it's very cool to know, like when you're kind of a bystander and you're witnessing maybe some harassment or trolling going on um it's your job as the not original target to step in and say um actually you're off the mark here's why Mm -hmm. or that's hateful here's why blah 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 and counter argue that trolly person um it's not because you're going to change that troll's mind 
right? Mm-hmm. You're not going to convince them to be like a really super cool person in like one conversation. Yeah. <laughs> um, but what it does is it shows everyone else that is reading that thread or getting tagged, you know, every time there's a new comment, mm-hmm. it shows them that not everyone agrees with this jerk and that it's okay to have a different opinion and to stand up for yourself or stand up for other people. And so you're not alone and their point of view is not normal or okay. What, what do you hope for the future of like the music industry? Cause in your book, you talk a lot about, you know, how to make spaces safer and, you know, music spaces, there can be a lot of harassment. So what do you hope for the future of the music industry and music spaces? I mean, my, I'd say my real hope is that every single space reads my book. Yes. <laughs> I, <and laughs> it feels weird to... A little plug. A little yeah. plug, you know, a little shameless plug. Well, sh- a little shameful plug, but um, but I really think it would be that simple. And that, that was my whole intention right. with writing this book, is to make it as easy as possible for people to make sure that everyone that comes to your space has a good time and you don't lose money. Right. in any way and the people that are there are like the cool people and not the jerks that want to ruin everyone's time right so i i just want every club in the world to to read my book and if they just put everything in my book into place um i think touring would become so much easier for every band regardless for everyone of their identity even sees the show too it's for everyone yes exactly yeah. workers everybody concerts can be a, a big place of harassment yeah. i've seen that many times um so shifting over to kind of your your musical side mm-hmm. what advice would you give to um someone specifically like a young woman trying to start out in the music industry you know, you guys keep saying industry, but mm-hmm. like, I mean, I'm just in a band and we get shows and yeah. <laughs> like for someone well, who to wants be, to be a musician, musician, <laughs> okay, I want to become yeah. a, a musician. That is, that's way different to me. Okay. Um, I, I don't know what the industry's like. Um, I'm on food stamps. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, <laughs> give me someone's number to call in the industry. Uh, no, um, I think one, if you want to play music, just do it. Right. Just start playing, start a band, um, start writing. Just do it. It uh, doesn't matter how old you are. Um, I don't think creative things that you have a desire to do. Uh, I don't think it should be a goal to be perfect at it right away. How how could you how could you be perfect at it? So let it be messy. Let it be bad and have fun with it. Um, and then, you know, if you actually get some shows and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you start wanting to appear in public, um, then yeah, get better at it. Mm-hmm. Practice, yeah. right? Like learn, learn your craft, learn your instrument, like get good. Like I, the best bands, the ones that stick around the longest and that keep getting booked, um, those are the ones that have good interband um healthy boundaries and communication skills mm-hmm. <laughs> right like you have to get along yeah. with a small group of people that you see for 24 hours a day for like three weeks at a time so that's actually really important um those bands stick around because they can stand to be around each other mm-hmm. um the other bands that stick around are the ones that don't mind being poor for a really long time mm-hmm. and maybe you don't get unpoor 
and eventually you decide, okay, it's time to go work at the bank or whatever. Um, but the longer you do it, the more likely you are to still be standing mm-hmm. and while other bands have dropped out. So mm-hmm. I'm not recommending that. Right. I'm just saying that's the reality, right? Mm-hmm. Um, lightning doesn't strike all the time. Sure. Um, and then the other thing is the bands that stick around are the ones that are really good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. just practicing and everyone knows what they're doing and, and you got to have a good drummer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so and You can get away with a lot of stuff on guitar, <laughs> sloppy singing, whatever, but you, you got to have, have a good drummer. <laughs> yeah. So for our last question, sadly, okay. um, I just want to ask you, in, in what ways has writing this book, you know, helped your confidence and your voice as a woman and what you've seen out of other women who've read your book? Mm. Well, once you write a book on responding to common harassment, um, you definitely feel an obligation to respond to harassment (laughs) every time you see it. I, I, and I know I just said like, if you're the one being harassed, it's okay to ignore it. Of course, of course it is. Um, But I feel a little bit more responsibility than that Mm -hmm. and that I owe it to humankind <laughs> to mm-hmm. to do more than that um, every single time. And so that's certainly changed. I, I have to, I think through, what did I write? Oh yeah. And then I do <laughs> one of the five Ds. Right, um, yeah. But I, it also, I think that also comes with singing in War on Women and projecting yeah. this, um, this confidence that sometimes I feel and sometimes I don't because I'm a human being, mm-hmm. but um, you know, you called me a badass earlier. I don't feel like a badass all the time, right? Um, but to have that image out in the world, well, when someone messes with me or messes with my crew, then I feel like, well, okay, what would the singer of War on Women do? I should just do that. Right. And I kind of set aside the fact that I'm the singer of War on Women. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So if anyone needs to use the same trick, you can just think, what would the singer of War on Women do? <laughs> and just do that. And usually that involves, um, uh, figuratively, uh, standing up for someone and doing the right thing and calling out. Oh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say that. Sorry. Calling out bad stuff. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I almost made it. Yeah, it, was, it, was, it was close. <laughs> okay. A close run. All right. Apologies. Apologies. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> well, Thank you yeah, so much you for so much. coming on tonight. We had a, a blast talking with you. Thank you so much for having me, even though I'm not from Vermont. I really appreciate it. Oh, yeah, <laughs> for sure. Um, so before we go, we want to mention that there is a statewide kind of program um, around um, making um, spaces, spaces safer. safer. Yeah. And the there's two events, yeah. And they're two scheduled... More. Yeah, two more events <laughs> that are scheduled in... Uh, Rutland and Bennington and the dates are April 23rd at 7 p.m. for the Bennington Free Library and June 30th at the Rutland Free Library from 6 to 8 p.m. and anyone in town can go there and host a public discussion so that's really awesome. Um, If you have any questions about that um, go to bigheavyworld.com. We've been your hosts. I'm Cadence Gently and I'm Molly Allen. Have a great night, everyone. Tune in at 8 p.m. for Rocket Shop on the Radiator, WOMMLP Burlington.